0: Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 25 of Be With Me in the Book of 2 Corinthians. Today, we are going to talk about godly grief, which turns out to be self-grief, but it doesn't stop with grief. That's the, that's the distinguishing characteristic. Now, Paul is going to bless and encourage and note a special thing in the in the congregation of the corinthians and he says he's going to say you guys got this amazing thing you felt a godly grief and it's a wonderful thing which is just a little bit crazy he he compares and contrasts a worldly grief versus a godly grief and both kind of have an interior marker of of sadness but the thing about godly grief is it doesn't stop there it it produces something, and that's what we're going to get to here today, as opposed to a worldly grief, which just ends, and there's a period, and it just ends with sadness. So here we go. This is from Second Corinthians chapter 7. I'm going to start from verses 8 to 11. For even if I made you grieve with my letter, he's talking about a middle letter between the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians that we don't have that produced grief. For even if I made you grieve with my letter. I do not regret it, though I did regret it, for I see that that letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. So he's talking about the production, the the produce of grief, because you were grieved into repenting, for you felt a godly grief. So that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief, and now he's going to explain what that is a little bit, produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. So he's talking about the qualities of godly grief that's produced earnestness, first of all, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point, you have proved yourselves innocent in the matter. So here we go. Grief is the emotion that we feel when someone is irreparably sick or maybe dying. And generally, that person is someone else. You've been to a funeral, you've felt grief, um you've maybe been to a hospital visit or heard that a friend was sick. And it's not okay. It's that that your world gets put ascender, and it's uh, it's this feeling of upside downness. You sort of get this emotional throw up in your mouth. And grief is not for the sickness of the other in in godly grief. The grief here is grief for yourself. So godly grief, first of all, equals, self-grief. Godly grief is grief over self. Godly grief is saying, I am not okay. And then it doesn't stop there. So godly grief is one that doesn't stop just with grief. It produces something. It's fruitful uh, grief, if you will. It is a productive, fruitful grief. So first charge is, hey, don't waste your grief. Don't let it just end in a worldly way with just death and a big, big old period. No, let your grief be productive. It makes me think of this passage in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 7, where it says, It's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for this is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth, for it is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the song of fools. So he's talking about that the, that a wise person will lay grief, lay this feeling of throw up in your mouth, they will lay that to heart and let it produce something fruitful in them. So that's how you get to this fruitful grief. Okay, so let's talk more about godly grief. God is a a godly grief is a rebuke with results. And the results here, he says specifically is that the, the Corinthians were grieved into repenting for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation. So it's a rebuke with results and their results were repentance. So it's, it's saying, first of all, I was wrong. Now that's something that, uh, is difficult to do right out of the chute and it's very difficult. So it's agreeing with the facts. I'm going to talk about facts, feelings, and then the force. So even agreeing with the facts that I was wrong, that's hard. Um, and I'm sorry about that. The second thing is, is after you get, get over the facts that I was wrong, then there's this feeling of grief over it. Now you, even if you agree with the facts, you may or not agree with the feeling. So, it's a three-step process. It's not just saying I was wrong. It's also saying, I'm sorry that there's a feeling that goes with it. And then finally, there's this force of action that I'm going to turn my behavior. I'm going to change. I'm going to restore. I'm going to repair. I'm going to, in the case of the Corinthians here, he talks about earnestness and eagerness and indignation so that there's a change of of uh, attitude and a change of behavior. So first of all, there's facts. Secondly, there's feelings, and then there's this force. So let's just contrast worldly grief. Worldly grief just produces death, it's not fruitful. It's the saddest thing in the world because it's just grief. It starts with, with sort of the facts, you end up grieving and then no, no change. It's it's wasteful in a, in a way that it just stops. It's, a, it's sort of the worst thing in the world where godly grief is kind of like grief unleashed it's grief set free to action so godly grief is first of all it's self-grief it's self-directed it's it's grief over your self-sickness your rebellion your death your wrongness it's the sickness of self it's grief over the sickness of self but it doesn't stop there it's productive it's fruitful it has a harvest It's a rebuking grief with results, specifically repentance in this case. So the facts agree with God. The feelings is sorrow that I'm like this. And then the force of change is for uh, repentance. So godly grief is the best thing in the world, and it leads to salvation. So the charge today is don't waste your grief. It's a time when God specifically meets us. I think of the verse in... Uh, 6-2. In a favorable time, I listened to you, and in the day of salvation, I helped you. So at this moment of grief, it can be a favorable time. It's a time when God listens to us. It's a time when God helps us, and it can be the day of our salvation. It's the moment when, if we do this right, that the Lord can meet us in our grief, and we can have a faithful rebuke to repentance. Thank you for listening. I pray that you would have godly grief and God would meet you in it.